Welcome back to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and man, it's been a long time. Uh, I guess it's what I want to lead with. I'm sorry. It has been seven months, give or take, since my last recording. Uh, we moved, and I thought we'd get set back up pretty quick. We got a new studio. It's still being worked on and constructed and electricity and I don't all that stuff. Uh, so it's it's been a while. I've missed you all, but I had to come back. Because I saw two amazing movies this week. But we'll get into it in a minute. Uh, first, I want to thank everybody, though, that has continued to support The Night Nerd during these last few months. Whether it be people coming out to shows and buying my books. Uh, people subscribing to my Substack, thenightnerd.substack.com. Uh, everything, you know, being active on the Facebook. It's, it's been wonderful, you know. It's really shown me that... Y'all are cool, I'm cool, we have fun, everything's good. In the time we were gone, we missed some great movies. And I, I did, I talked about them on my Substack. You know, we had, uh, like, Shang-Chi, which was amazing. We had Eternals, which was, I think, underrated. And then, of course, the earth-shattering Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, yeah, for my thoughts on all of those, like I said, nightnerd.substack.com, go check it out. But what brought me back to the mic were the two movies I saw this week. The first one I saw was Studio 666. This is a horror movie. I, I'm air quoting that. Um, from Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And it's, it's wonderful. It is... Dave wrote it, or came up with the idea... Um, and it's very much an homage to cheesy B-horror movies. Like, over-the-top gore and violence. Um, but, it, like, it knows that it is. So, it it's wonderful. I don't normally do scary movies, but this one was, was absolutely great. Um, the Foo Fighters, you can tell they're just having fun doing it. And then, even, like, the real actors. You know, you have Whitney Cummings, Will Forte... Um, Jeff Garland in it, Leslie Grossman, lots of uh, Jenna Ortega, I mean, Lionel Richie's in it, but it's just fun to watch. I mean, if you're a fan of that B horror style or the Foo Fighters, do yourself a favor, go watch it. Um, it it's probably not going to be in theaters very long because it didn't do that well, uh, but you know, it wasn't really hyped as far as as I know of but it's it's worth watching you should you should see it the other movie the the real let's be honest the real reason I'm here to talk is the Batman I got to go to a special fan screening um, Wednesday night which is last night as of this recording it's Thursday morning here and it was everything I had hoped for and more so I was on board when it was Ben Affleck writing, directing, and starring in The Batman. And then I was still on board when it was Matt Reeves directing Ben Affleck writing and starring in The Batman. And still even on board when it was Matt Reeves directing and Robert Pattinson starring in The Batman. Now a lot of people were like, oh, it's the dude from Twilight. Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to be a good Batman. Well... First off, if Twilight's the only movie of his you've seen, you were, uh, wow. I mean, that came out in 2008. 
So, huh. there's been so many other great movies that he's done. Um, the Devil of Time, King, High Life, The Lighthouse, Good Time. Uh, Good Time would be the one I'd recommend because that was the one Matt Reeves was like, I want this guy. And he, he does. He does just wonderful. You know, people... When Michael Keaton got cast as Batman, they're like, you're bringing this comedy guy, Mr. Mom, to Batman. When Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker, it was kind of saying, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is that people are wrong a lot of the time. Um, that's not a hot take or anything, because I think we all, all know that. This movie is, is so, so great. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about the people that made it first. You know, Matt Reeves... Like I said, he was attached when it was still Ben Affleck's script. Matt has directed, um, going back, you know, to 94, he did Future Shock, uh, The Paul Bearer, Cloverfield, Let Me In. He did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, and then, of course, The Batman. And he's done some stuff in TV, too. But he also wrote a lot of those, like he wrote... War of the Planet of the Apes and Let Me In, uh, Paul Bear and the Batman. So, dude, while he doesn't have a long resume, got a very impressive resume, and so it 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 works. It's good. Uh, the people on screen, you know, we already talked about Robert Pattinson. You have Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, Catwoman, and she is just uh, entrancing. Like you, you just love watching her she just pulls off that catwoman dynamic of you know the strong and powerful but tortured and troubled and uh they they change a few things in her story that we'll get into when we get in the spoiler part of it but if you've only ever seen her in x-men first class uh, again just like robert pattinson you know go out and watch some of the others i mean mad max fury road that she was in um so many great movies uh, and I honestly after seeing her I don't know who else I would have put in the Catwoman role she she does that well uh, Paul Dano 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 I just I like to say Dano because I, I book him Dano um, as a Riddler very haunted performance I guess you know if, we, if we're going to say Selena is like the, the troubled past and stuff he, this is a very haunted performance. He is on another level. It's it's a it's like a Riddler we've never seen before, in a good way. And of course, Paul was uh, most famous, I think, or rose to fame in There Will Be Blood. Uh, but you know, he's in Cowboys and Aliens, Twelve Years a Slave, Swiss Army Man, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, all of all of those films. Um, just. It's great. And, w and one thing I'm going to talk real quick about these three. And I don't think this is a spoiler. And this is something that makes this movie different is we don't see a lot of Bruce Wayne. We don't see a whole lot of Edward um, Nash Enigma, whatever you want to call him. Uh, we do see some Selena Kyle, but even when we do, like she's still in Catwoman vibe. This movie is very much the the superhero side of them, the supervillain side of them, and those interactions and those dynamics. And it's... It's kind of cool, you know, because 
uh, in the past, you know, there's always been the debate like, oh, well, you know what, they're a good Bruce Wayne, but not really a good Batman or vice versa. Um, this movie, I mean, I, I think there's like three or four Bruce Wayne scenes, not a whole lot. So it, it's really neat. You have Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Now he's, you know, the watcher, but his Gordon is really kind of a blend of all of them. There, there's even some vibes of the Batman 66, like the old Adam West one, when Batman's trying to solve the things, he's like, oh my gosh, Batman, is it really? And it, but it doesn't come across as cheesy. It's very homage I guess is the word. Uh, and it's not a word, but it is today. Uh, but he's also, you know, on a, has his own merits. You know, this is still early in Batman's career, so everybody's corrupt. Um, and he's standing up for himself, standing up for justice, standing up for what's right. His partnership with the Batman is very public, like, and he doesn't try and hide it. And I think that's something kind of neat, you know. I love Gary Oldman's, uh, I mean, I love Gary Oldman's anything, but his time as Gordon was a lot of fun. Um, but this one is a little more subtle, I think, uh, in, in his acting, but more bold in his relationship with the Batman, if that, that works. John Turturro, who can do no wrong, is Carmen Falcone. Um, he's, he's awesome. He's a great bad guy. Uh, and then you have Colin Farrell as the Penguin, who not only is unrecognizable, but is amazing. You know, go watch Tiger Lightning. You know, we're talking all these movies about people who write these people off. Again, I love Colin Farrell. I love Daredevil. No secret to longtime listeners. But go watch something like Tigerland to really see him do good stuff. Uh, he did so well that it's been announced that he's getting an HBO Max spinoff show with the Penguin. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And um, let's see who else you have. You have Peter Sarsgaard in it as the DA, and he he does he does good. Um, he's a a plot device character, I guess. You know he. He doesn't really get any really awesome scenes. I felt like, well, yeah, he kind of does, but all his scenes really advance the plot instead of the character, which, you know, you have to have some of those characters, sometimes uh, exposition characters. And then you have Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth, which if I had probably a complaint, my biggest complaint about the movie is that we don't get more Andy Serkis as Alfred, but hey, that's that's okay. And then there's there's some other people that show up um, and things without getting into spoilers first off just go see the movie it's great this is Batman I'm not going to say Batman Year 2 because it has nothing to do with the comic book Year 2 that's more Mask of the Phantasm which is still the best Batman movie but here like I said he has a relationship with Gordon and the police um, that is interesting and if not trying at times so that, that dynamic is really fun to explore and look at. Um, you also get this Batman coming into his own. You know, his gadgets are this weird, almost like steampunk style, low-tech, high-tech. Like, they do really cool things, but they look like they were just put together 
in a ba- I mean, they were put together in a basement in this Batcave. Uh, the, it's a detective story more than an action movie. You know, we actually see him figuring out the riddles and trying to solve the crimes. And sometimes he gets it right, sometimes he doesn't. And what does he do when he's wrong? Uh, it's, it's very, very different than Jim Carrey Riddler, for sure. Uh, more like animated series Riddler, which is, well, but way darker and more murdery. But that's okay. It, it works out. Uh, two things this movie does really well that I want to applaud it on are voiceover style monologue stuff. Um, Batman is keeping like a, a war journal, you know, and so he talks about what he's doing and everything. And to me, that was nice because it was it was like reading a comic book, you know, when you have your thought bubbles or word balloons or dialogue boxes, caption boxes, whatever you want to call them going through and you get to kind of see what's going on in Batman's mind. We got to see that in this movie, which the other ones, you know, none of them have ever really done. And that was, that was nice. I always love the more comic book style you can make it, the better, uh, which they're, they borrow a lot from Darwin Cook, whether it be like the Catwoman when in Rome stuff or Batman ego stuff. There's a lot of Darwin Cook. He was actually one of the people they thanked in the credits, which was nice. Cause again, if you know me, you know I love, 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 love Darwin Cook. Um, it's wonderful. Something that amazed me, absolutely amazed me, and I'm so proud of Matt Reeves for not doing, is we don't kill Thomas and Martha. We don't get that scene in the alley. We don't. Now, is it part of the story? Yes, but we never, we don't see it, which is like the first Batman movie ever to not do that. I mean. 66 Batman didn't, but since Keaton, you know, to not have that flashback to Crime Alley and everything, I mean, even Zack Snyder did it in Dawn of Justice, and it's it was a breath of fresh air. It was really nice to experience that and, uh, you know, just not have to waste 15, 20 minutes of a three-hour movie on something that we all know uh, there's very few people walking the face of this earth that don't know Batman's parents were murdered. And like I said, we, we, we talked about it, but we don't show it. So it, it was handled really well. Uh, I think they kind of took a page from Spider-Man over at Marvel of, yeah, you know, we, we know we got bit by spider. We don't need to sit here and do a whole movie about it or a whole act about it. So... Go see the movie. It is it is so much so much fun. It, it really is great. So now I want to talk the spoilery side, like break down the plot and stuff. So if you haven't seen it and you care about spoilers, hit pause. Come back later. Uh, if you don't care about spoilers, well, let's roll. So the movie just opens up. It's Halloween night and opens with a brutal, brutal murder, where Riddler kills the mayor, um, and that sets into this whole chain of the secret history of Gotham, and I thought it was going to be like the Dark Knight stuff, the White Knight stuff, where it's the deep, deep history of Gotham, but really this is like the last 25 years history of Gotham, but we learn, like, everybody is a liar, that's the whole thing. And there's these 
there's this cipher and Batman's got to figure it out and every time Riddler kills somebody he, he leaves a little note like to Batman and it has these cute like kids Valentine Day cards and stuff but that you open up it's like see you in hell so it's interesting um well part of the thing that got we found out about the mayor being a liar is he was um having an affair with this young lady and he met her at the iceberg lounge well that's also where selena kyle works As a matter of fact they were roommates so that's how selena gets sucked in the story uh the penguin runs it under the eye of carmine falcone and batman goes in there and is like wreck shop a really cool fight sequence the fights in this are brutal and very reminiscent like if you mix the batman arkham games with marvel's daredevil series that's these fights it's it's so good um i, I love it he goes there and confronts the penguin penguin's like dude don't know what you're talking about and he meets um selena follows her home sees annika there and then kind of creepily watches Selena undress and put on her Catwoman suit and leave and so he follows her and uh, she goes to the mayor's house to break into the crime scene and steal Annika's passport the, the roommate well Batman talks to her blah, blah blah they instantly hit it off have chemistry they go back to her place to talk only to find that it's been broken into and Annika is missing so now that you know Selena's Superman and trying to figure out what's going on at this point um, they team up again and she goes he has these cool like little contact lenses that record everything and that's how he investigates crime scenes and stuff well he gives them to Selena and she goes down to the bar finds Gil Coulson who is the DA uh, Peter Sarsgaard character and again he's just explaining about the rat and how they made this big case go down thanks to this person turning over all this information um, on Sal Maroney and stuff. And so that's that's this rat we find out. We realize that Riddler wants Batman and the GCPD to expose. Well, uh, Coulson, feels weird to say Coulson and not be talking about Agent Coulson, but... Coulson tries to give Selena a ride home. She declines. Turns out Riddler was waiting in his car. Then the next day, they're at the mayor's funeral, and Coulson crashes his car into the funeral and has a bomb on him, and he has to solve these three riddles. And Batman, you know, they evacuate everything, and Batman comes in and helps solve the first two. And the third one is, you know, who is the rat? And Coulson's like, I would rather die than say who it is. So it's kind of he. So he he does he dies. Well, then we go through and Riddler's like, hey, you know, next clue is gonna be the biggest one, and we realize that he's going after Bruce Wayne. Um, because Thomas Wayne had some stuff to do with it, and since Thomas is dead, you know, sins of the father type thing. Well, he sends a bomb to. Actually, not, they're not even in Stately Wayne Manor. Stately Wayne Manor is an, was an orphanage, and now the Waynes live out of Wayne Tower. Well, he sends a bomb to Wayne Tower. It explodes, almost kills Alfred. And when that bomb went off, I was like, oh, if they kill Alfred, I'd be so mad. Tom King did it, and it was frustrating. But 
served the story, but here I feel like it wouldn't happen. Well, he survives, uh, so that was nice. And then they go through and they figure out that the ping one might have been the informant. Well, it wasn't the ping one. Um, and at this point, Batman uncovers more stuff about his dad, Thomas, that Thomas worked with Carmine. Well, Bruce, in a nice little callback to the earlier scene when Batman goes into the Penguins Club, Bruce goes into the Penguins Club this time to talk to Carmine, and Carmine tells him everything about how supposedly his dad, uh, Thomas, hired Carmine to kill this reporter, and then that Sal Maroney had him murdered, and blah, blah, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Well, then we figure out that Carmine is also Selena's dad, so that adds a whole new thing to it. She just wants to kill him for everything that he did, you know, to his, to her, to her mom, to her friend Annika, and she's just about to, and then Batman shows up and saves the day, and then they arrest Falcone, and the whole, the whole show, they've been, the Riddler's been like, bring him into the light, bring him into the light, thinking it means to expose him, well, they bring him out of the club, into the light, and Riddler shoots him, and it, it was like, oh my gosh, and then Riddler pretty much just turns himself in. Um, sadly, the scene we saw in the trailer where he's sitting in the diner. And he takes him to Arkham. And he and Batman have a conversation that I won't spoil that because it's a really great moment. Uh, had some throwbacks to like the hush conversation Riddler and Batman had that was, was interesting. But then... Riddler had a backup plan and starts flooding the city like in year zero. We jump around in years in comics, if you can't tell. And then we, that's when we get our big epic like final act with Batman trying to save the whole city from these Riddler wannabe guys and everything flooding. And Selina and Gordon are there and they try and help him and there's a new mayor and it's just bam, bam, bam. The movie... It's a slow burn. You know, it opens up big, bombastic Batman style. But then the rest, like, it's this detective story that you're going through and you're trying to figure out what they're doing, what's going on, with a few fights, with a big car chase scene in the middle um, that was really neat and enjoyable and seeing the new Batmobile. Might be one of my favorite Batmobiles. But... You know, pretty much the opening, the middle, and the end are where the big Michael Bay-style places are. And the rest of it, you're just on on the edge of your seat. You know, you're trying to figure out these riddles and solve things. And you're right there with Batman in a way that the only other time in the movies that I've been there with Batman is that scene in The Dark Knight where he's racing to save Rachel but ends up saving Harvey. I still, I've seen that scene a hundred times, and I'm still like, oh my gosh, is he going to get to her in time? This movie very much brought that feeling, but for three hours. You know, is he going to save the city? Who's going to die next? What what connection did Thomas have? What does this mean? And it was, it was wonderful. I mentioned that they did kind of borrow, took some liberties um, with, like, Selena's lineage in... Catwoman, Wind and Rome from Darwin Cook. Um, I think Brubaker was on that too. She suspects that 
Falcone is her dad, but never gets solid proof. And I guess really here we don't get like 100%. I mean, she's just, well, no, he confirms it. So yeah. Um, and you know, they live in the tower. This movie, as I was watching, I was like, man, there's a lot of 66 references too. Come to find out, Matt Reeves loved Batman 66. So there's uh, this little old lady, I forget her name, who is kind of the. Um, maid, I guess. I, I don't know what you would call her. Um, around Wayne Tower and stuff. And then there's some running down the side of a wall on a rope thing. And it's. If, if you're a Batman fan, this this is going to check all the boxes. Or you're going to completely hate it. I, I don't know. It's one or the other. For me, it it checked all the boxes. I really enjoyed it, even after sleeping on it. You know, I, wanted to, I didn't want to come back and record, like, as soon as I got out of it. Because there were some things... There were a few scenes that were drawn out a little too much. But it was okay. All in all, the movie was great. I mean... When I say too much, instead of being three hours, it may have been two hours and 50 minutes. You know, there's a little motorcycle ride at the end that could have been a minute or two shorter, um, but it, it's okay. The movie is wonderful. You need to go see it. Check it out. Let me know what you think about it. And if you're hyped for the Penguin spinoff. Um, also, rumor has it, Pattinson signed a three-picture deal. So, can't wait to see what comes out of that. Let me know what you think about it. You can let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or over on Facebook. You can find me on all social media at The Night Nerd. Make sure to check out that substack, thenightnerd.substack.com, or email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. That's going to do it for me. Feels so good to be back in the chair talking. Thank you all for your patience. Thank you all for coming back and listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>